Welcome back to the Seen and Not Heard podcast, a podcast that is your weekly dirty little secret, which is fine by me, as long as you keep it. I'm your host, Melrose Michaels, and this is season three, episode eight. Earlier in the podcast, I spoke briefly about a beautiful cam model named Sasha Ray. And since meeting her at the New Jersey Exotica convention, we've become and remained fast friends. When George Floyd was murdered in May, it recentered the conversation in the United States on race inequality in America. Because the adult industry reflects what's going on in our society, it also highlighted how the adult industry and platforms within it spoke publicly on these issues. Considering the gravity of these conversations, I think that they need to happen publicly, out in the open, so we can all learn and grow as a country. So here today, ready to talk to me about racism and porn, please welcome Sasha Ray. Welcome, Sasha Ray, to the Seen and Not Heard podcast. I am super excited to have you, especially uh, considering you are the person that came up to me at Exotica and inspired me to relaunch this thing. So one, thank you, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a little nervous. I've never been on a podcast before, and then let alone on this podcast, which if you would have asked me literally not even a year ago if I would be on here, I'd be like, nah, you're lying. <laughs> so this is kind of weird, but in a good way. <laughs> well, I sure I assure you you're like one of four people that listen to this. <laughs> so don't be don't be nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not as huge as people make it out to be, or as I would like it to be in uh, you know in the future. But we'll get there. Um, I'm glad you were open to joining me into talking to me because you are someone I really respect. You're in the industry, and you've kind of I feel like you've done it all in the sense that like you've you've been in different places. Like you've done a little bit of premium social, you've done a little bit of cam, you do the clip thing. So like you've got a good grasp of our industry. Um, and it's hard because when I talk to people who are newer conversations about what really goes on in the industry as a whole, I don't feel like they grasp it. Like, I don't feel like they get it. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when it pertains to race within our industry, I, I get sucked into a lot of, well, sucked. I willingly go into political conversations, uh, a lot on my Twitter and lots of rants and I'm the first person to you know clap back especially on this topic because it's something that's important to me and important because it affects so many people that I love and care about um so I wanted to get kind of your insight on a few things because I know that the lens that I personally am seeing everything through is a diminished one or it's not the same as the reality of the situation because I'm not experiencing it so I can't my opinion is only worth so much so to speak if that makes sense yeah, like I get what you're saying. It's you have such a like a broad vision of people just from listening to your podcast before even like meeting you or anything. I kind of had got that feeling of wow, okay, so this isn't just some typical like successful white girl from MFC that is really popular and just has like one way of thinking. I was like, wow, she can see things from a different view, but it's different when you can kind of pick and choose when you want to see it and when you don't want to see it versus you can't choose. Like I can't wake up to tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a white girl or I'm going to even be an Asian girl. Um, or I'm going to be a Russian exotic girl. 
I'm, this is me. Like, I'm dark, I'm black, I'm beautiful, I'm melanin. Like, I, it'll never change. So as much as I appreciate people seeing my point of view, it is completely different when you wake up in it every day. And then to be almost kind of told that, oh, you guys make everything about race. It's not that we make everything about race. It's just this is the world that I was born in, that I live in, and that I'm going to die in. And I'm afraid to bring children to have to live into the world because I don't know where it may be 20, 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. So, when when we first kind of formed our friendship outside of like that first initial interaction, something that we kind of talked about and bonded over was your experience at an event, and you were telling me about how racism or race played into that event and why it affected you so deeply. Can you kind of tell a little bit about that? You you can give or take as much as you're comfortable sharing. You don't have to say everything, but kind of what played into that so many but i don't even remember which one it was to be honest because i'm not so oh okay the most recent one um it's just one of those things where i've been in the industry for wow what is this 2020 oh it's wow it's my eight year anniversary this month yeah, thank you. I was like, well, I started in September 2011. So wait, nine years. Yeah, it'll nine be nine. Years. I'm October two. I'm October third, 2011. So it'll be nine years of me being in the industry as a whole. And I've dealt with the racism since the first day I started. I mean, I wasn't really into social media like that. Instagram was just coming around. I was just kind of taking horrible selfies and throwing it with no captions or doing the typical like peace sign, like duck lips type thing. And so when I got into it, um, I didn't realize how racist porn was mm-hmm. because I wasn't really into it. Like I knew about what society thought was beautiful. I've always known that since I was little. But once I got into porn or sex, webcamming, it's all the same thing, sex work, um, I started to really see how different everything was. Um, And it kind of made me want to not go to a lot of events because I was always the only black girl. I'd be like the token black girl there. And I felt like I had to be one of them to be accepted, which... I mean, I still slightly feel that way to this day, but not as much as I did when I was like 18, 19 years old. So with this recent event, I had stopped doing conventions and doing any type of like girl-girl stuff unless it was like a friend that I've known for years. And I had decided, well, I want to get back into the industry full time. And the best way to do that is to network with other people. Um, one of my good friends was attending and that was part of the only reason why I decided to go was because I knew someone was there that I trusted Mm -hmm. that I've been with for years, like on the outside of like a social media friendship. But there was an incident where one of the models was saying that it was okay to say racist things to black male in the community if they wanted her to or if they like she was getting paid for it and 
it's very difficult for me sometimes to speak my mind when I'm in a professional environment like that because I'm already on my toes. I have to make sure I'm not being too ghetto, being too loud, or being too problematic, or just anything that they can use to then come back and say, oh, don't work with this girl because she does X, Y, and Z, even though it can be the same exact thing that my colleagues are doing, but if I do it, it's deemed bad. Yeah. So I was just put in a situation where I wasn't surprised that it happened. I wasn't shocked that it happened. I was hurt, but I'm so numb to racism to a degree that Sometimes it doesn't always hit me and I'm easily able to kind of just brush off my shoulders and I'll just be like, ah, oh, well, whatever. That's, I kind of knew something like that would happen. I'm not surprised. That's just the way it is. I'm going to move on. But once I got home and I spoke to another black model that was there, I realized that I shouldn't always have to be silent and I shouldn't have to always feel like my voice doesn't matter or it's not important when it comes to something like this. And when the company that I was under didn't handle the situation correctly and people started to almost speak for me, it made me feel like, okay, everyone's speaking for me. I need to go ahead and say what happens. It happened to me and this is how it is. And I don't care about getting my money back. I don't care about apologies. I care more so about if you're saying that you're inclusive and you're about diversity and you're for all shapes, sizes, colors, sexualities, when it comes down to backing up your words, I need to see that. And this company let me down in, in a way. And it just sucks because I have so many different experiences from being in that position where it's almost made me want to give up and just say, you know, screw it. And it's not even like I'm, I say I'm like an average Joe girl next door type of girl. Like I'm like a regular schmegular girl you'll see in a grocery store and you're like, oh, she's pretty. She's cute. I'm not like Instagram gorgeous where you scroll through and you're like, God damn, who is that? Where is she from? She looks so exotic. And in our industry, it's almost like you have to be like that. And if you're not light skinned, then you're almost not looked at as being pretty. Mm -hmm. And I get told all the time, oh, you're pretty for a dark skinned girl. Okay, well, so if I wasn't dark, like, would I not be pretty or you know, it's just one of those things. But with that company, I mean, you know, there were some conversations, but, and even during like the Black Lives Matter recent um, moments, even though they're not fully like running, I guess, due to COVID, they still didn't say anything. Like I, I specifically looked on their pages just to see. Really? Nothing. There was no statement. The owner, there was no statement. So it just kind of was like another thing, like your apology was, you know, it was fake. It, it, and it didn't mean anything. And it makes me afraid to want to work with companies because everyone screams diversity, inclusivity, and all sexual identities, because that's the thing to do. If you don't state it, then you're going to look like you don't stand by it. Mm -hmm. But just because you say something doesn't mean anything if you don't do something to back up your words yeah so you need the action to support the the belief that you're claiming exactly. yeah sure. I, I i completely agree i wanted to ask you when it comes to like so 
my most recent, um, I guess, not conflict isn't the right word, but my most recent time that race has come up for me interacting on social media was about, in this obviously I'm white, so this is a different viewpoint on it. But I had tweeted something and it wasn't about race or politics or anything. And I was just like, you know, it's amazing how much your life can change. It's something about working hard and getting up early, something like that. And like, you can literally like have it if you want it kind of thing. And I, I'd have to look up the girl, but a white model commented on it saying that I'm so glad you said this because everyone thinks that it's because I'm successful because I'm white or that I'm an ableist or that I'm something like that. And I was like, no, 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 don't get it twisted. Like I a hundred percent do better in this industry because I'm white. That wasn't at all where that conversation in my tweet mind was going, but I need to make sure you're not misinterpreting me and make sure that people reading this don't misinterpret me because if that's how you took it, then I done fucked up somewhere. Like (laughs) (laughs) did not come out of my mouth right because that is not what I'm saying. And we went, we had this whole back and forth about how she felt very strongly that race doesn't play into success, that race doesn't play into economics, that everything is fair game, equal opportunity for everyone. And I, I do not know how any human, U.S. citizen especially, walking earth could feel that way, especially not in right now. Right now, everything's kind of at at the forefront, whereas maybe things weren't being talked about, you know, as much three, five years ago or whatnot, at least not in the white community. Whereas now it's, here's the problem you've been ignoring for like all of this time. And now everyone's just running around not understanding how to deal with it. And instead of doing the work, in searching or getting the education on how to make change effectively, they're just denying and defensive. And I think that's the issue. And I, and I think people are, well, I think white people are scared to have the conversation because they don't want to say the wrong thing. Whereas if you don't have the conversation, you don't learn anything. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what I've seen. When people say, oh, I'm afraid to have this conversation because I don't want to say the wrong thing. And to me, that makes me feel like you're so comfortable with saying things that you know should not be said. Like, or like every time, and I hate, I hate doing this and I know it's not my responsibility. Whenever I have like white friends and I realize that we're actually becoming more than just internet acquaintances, like if Mm -hmm. you're coming to my house, I'm going to your house, we're hanging out a lot more I feel like I have to almost educate them on this is how it is and I mean this is kind of like a public situation and what happened people already know who people are but I'm still not going to name names but one of the girls that was at that event I've known her for years I've known her for like five six years and I've had to educate her on like yeah you know I'm always getting asked questions about my hair or because I love wearing wigs. I've worn wigs for years. I mean, it's just a way I can express myself. Um, I love changing my colors. I want short hair. I want long hair. I want curly hair. I want blue hair. I might want red hair. And my hair doesn't work the same as white people's hair. Like I can't just go bleach it and then do a color and then six months re-bleach it. No, my hair, I literally like have no hair. I would be bald. (laughs) And my hair texture is different. So I don't put heat on my hair. I literally just put braids under and I throw on a wig every day of my life. Sometimes I'll wear it out natural, like whatever, but for the most part I'm wearing a wig because I love it. And 
she's like, really, people would like comment about your hair? I'm like, yes. Do you know the most annoying thing is if I wear my natural hair out, can I touch your hair? What does it feel like? Oh my God, how, how did you get it like this? Why wow, your hair looks so short. And then I have to explain to them about what shrinkage is. And they're like, oh wow, so like if you straighten it, it would really be long, so like you don't have short hair. And it's almost like black women or dark-skinned black women aren't allowed to have long hair. Like, and sometimes I want to prove a point and just straighten my hair and just say, see, look, black girls can have long, beautiful, luxurious hair just like any other culture or any other race. And so when we're at that event, I brought like five wigs because obviously we're filming content. So I wanted to try to get the best out of my book. And one of the girls from a different country was like, wow, did you just change your hair? How did you do that? I'm like, oh, it's a wig girl. Like I changed, I have so many wigs. Like, you know, if you ever want a wig, come to me. I'm like the wig connoisseur. And she was almost surprised that I had hair and she pressured me into showing her a photo of my natural hair. And I felt like in that moment, I needed to prove a point and be like, listen, I have hair. Like, I'm not bald. Even if I was bald, who's, like, who, who, why is it your choice to tell me what I can and can't do? But I showed her a photo, and she's like, wow, your hair really is long. It's so pretty. And it's so curly. How did you get it like that? You know, where I'm from, um, a lot of dark girls like you, like, they have really, really short hair. And it was almost as if I was in a museum and she was getting a history lecture. And so my friend afterwards, she's like, wow, I never realized what small things like that you go through. If you would have never had that conversation with me, and if I would have never seen it, I got annoyed and I'm a white girl and it wasn't even about me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's little things like that, that not even just white people. I mean, yeah, mainly it's like the Caucasian race, but it's anyone like people feel like if you're not light-skinned you're not considered beautiful because that's what society makes it seem like yeah. and then if you're dark-skinned you have to either be accepted by a certain culture or you have to almost try to not be yourself to be accepted and it's difficult and it's a struggle and I feel like I'm gonna have to deal with this until the day that I die I mean, as much as I would like to think the world's going to change in my lifetime, I don't see it happening, sadly. And see, when there's other like gaps in in the things that disproportionately affect people of color and porn that the average person isn't considering, not even just the roles that you get, like black women especially in porn are so fetishized they're not just performers, they're not just people, it's a fetish. And then also the pay gaps between what a black performer would get paid as opposed to a white performer. And I don't see people outwardly talking about it or acknowledging it. And I don't know how that conversation gets started so that once once we, hopefully this movement, and this is not anything obviously that's gonna happen overnight by any means, this will be decades of work that needs to be done to correct systemic problem that we've had for a very long time that we've been ignoring but i think those conversations need to be brought to the mass community just because they don't even i feel like most people don't realize it's happening because it's not affecting them you know i think that's a big part of the problem is that majority of the country is white so they just think that this isn't a real problem because they're not experiencing it and that 
that is our privilege and that's what we're missing. How do you feel when it comes to being on a person of color that's a performer in when it obviously you don't do mainstream you haven't really done mainstream like on set porn so maybe not experiencing like a pay gap from a studio or producer but do you feel in your experience that your content won't sell as well as a as a white girl's content or a white performer's content oh definitely i mean like when I first started, I knew going into this industry, if I was going to do it, I needed to just go full in. I couldn't half-ass it. Half-assing it, obviously, like, your your content's on the internet for a while. So if my content's out there, I want to know, well, I don't give a fuck because I've made money, I'm successful at this, at that, I've been able to do this. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to turn back and be like, wow, my shit's on the internet, but yet I'm still broke, I'm still poor, like, I can't take care of myself. Like, I never wanted to be like that. But I also knew I didn't want to be that token black woman that they portrayed in a negative way. And that was my struggle for years. And I never wanted to be pressured. There were so many times where I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to just do it. Like, this is how I look. Like, I have hips, I have a big ass. This is what they want from what I look like. So I might as well just give it to them if I'm going to be in this industry. And I used to always say, well, if Sally Mae looks like that and she doesn't have to do it, why do I have to be pressured to do it? And I always would compare myself. I would go, well, she's white, I'm black. But that shouldn't mean anything. I shouldn't have to be forced to do something that I'm not going to be comfortable with anyone finding or seeing or myself in the future seeing. Mm -hmm. So that's why I never did mainstream. It wasn't because I was afraid of like the stigma. I mean, of course, like any normal person would be. But it was mainly because they were going to portray me as like a title like ghetto, big black a black girl, fat ass, gets, I don't know, slaughtered by white guys. Something, like, super, like, derogatory and outrageous, and then it would be in the most, like, explicit position ever, and I'm like, that's, no, that's, that's not me, I can't do it. So then I started selling my own clips, and I would do the same thing. I watched so many, because I started on MFC, so obviously the top 20 were all white girls, so I would study them even the top 50 like I would study them and see what they were doing how they were interacting and I would try to replicate that but make it me yeah and it just wouldn't sell that well like they wanted to see they would see a dark girl and see a big ass and all they would want to see is me like twerking or me I would get the most racist like requests and I'm like no amount of money will I was, I would rather be on the streets and do some yeah. of the things I requested for. And then I would start doing content with like other girls and I would do it with white girls. And we would do the same videos that I would film myself and they would sell so much better. And it's like, so I'm only accepted if it's with another white girl or I would do shows and it would be the most like, the chat would just be like, oh, wow, you have a black girl with you. Wow, she's pretty for dark skin. Wow, chocolate and vanilla. Or like, just like, it would get to the point where like, we would just log off because it would be too much. And it's like, I felt like no matter what I would try to sell, no matter how I sold it, if I did super HD quality, if I did iPhone, amateur, 
it just wouldn't do the same. And white girls are praised for having big asses and twerking, but black girls are looked at as ghetto and trash for doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why she's literally doing what I've been doing my whole life, but she gets praised for it and she can make money off of it. But when I do it, I'm just looked down upon. So, I mean, there's definitely that factor where, like, I can bust my ass off. And there are times where I would give everything. Like, I would stay up. I would do camathons. I would push out so much content. I would network. I would go to all the events. I would go to all the conventions. Like, I would really put in the time. And I still wouldn't make nearly as much as my white colleagues. And even with some of the popular, like, black only fan models right now, they still don't make anywhere near with what the white girls make. And I see them putting in the time, putting in the energy. And it just sucks because until society makes us acceptable, no one else is going to. Because especially Americans, Americans love to go with the trend. And that's why I hate when like BML movements come up because they come up all the time. But I'm not a hashtag. Yeah. And I feel like people look at it as a hashtag because it's something to post. And if you're not posting it, you're going to get attacked because you're going to look like a racist and it's not genuine. And it's only talked about when it's the thing to talk about at the moment. And with the top porn, I mean, there's so many successful black mainstream porn stars that talk all the time about how black people in general need to be paid more, how black men need to be paid if they're doing an interracial scene. Why is it just the white woman gets paid and not the black man? And why don't black women get interracial pay if they're doing it with a white man? Like it's been talked about long before I was even born, but no one is going to care if society doesn't care. And that's what I think it comes down to. It comes down to mainstream making, and I keep emphasizing dark skin beauty because light skin, and I mean, black is black. Like you're gonna always still be talked down upon, degraded for being black. But when you're lighter skin, it's more easier to pass you for another race, Um, like Hispanic, or even sometimes white. Um, but when you're dark skin, there's no way to pass you as anything else. Like I can never be typecast as like a Hispanic or something. Mm-hmm. Like you're not Hispanic. Like what are you talking about? Um, so as much as these conversations are being had, they're going in one ear and out the other. And these companies can get away with it because supply and demand. If they keep doing what they're doing, people are still going to keep buying the way that it is because that's what they've been brainwashed to think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And and You brought up a good point because society and porn have always had this overlap with what's what's popular, with with what's trendy, with all of it because like just random example, the Area 51 craziness that was going on or whatever. Then you had all this alien porn coming up. And then you have, you know, the, there's always a overlap of themes, I guess you could say. But 
and I'm sure right now with all the stuff that's going on around Black Lives Matter and the protests and things like that, I'm sure that that's getting a ton of hits on, you know, insert platform, tube site, whatever here. But the point that you made saying that until society shifts, porn won't shift with it. That's absolutely true because porn is just a, a mere image of what we accept, don't accept, like, thinks okay in society. It's always been that way. So I, I totally agree. And I, I and that also causes me worry because there's so many things that we fetishize in porn or that we find acceptable in porn that we would never do or say in real life. And it's like, how, I have had this conversation with a couple of people and you brought up, up this up in your uh, story from earlier, is like, is it okay to say racist things if a uh, fan or a customer is requesting it in a customer, is requesting it in your you know, broadcast, your live stream interaction? And it's like, well, if you wouldn't say that in real life, why are you finding it acceptable now? Because someone else is telling you it's okay, but if you don't think it's okay, why would you say it? So I, I get that, that part of it. And I, I had interactions where people are like, but it's fantasy, it's this, it's that. I'm like, but then that person's fantasy isn't really appropriate. Wouldn't you like, I don't know how else to. That's where like the line gets tricky because porn is, it's a fantasy. I mean, there are some customs that I would never probably in my real personal life do, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm an actress. It's my job to kind of put on a show, and if I'm offering a service like customs, then I have to be a little bit open, but know my hard limit and where I will never cross over. While I understand that you might be paid to portray a fantasy, we have to remember that whatever we put on video or photos and upload it to the internet, that is going to be the way that people are going to base and judge you off of. And if you're personally not okay with doing something in your real life, as far as when it comes to like, bestiality, racism, um, sexuality even, why would you even perform it? Like you have the right to say no. Mm -hmm. I swear to you not, I would be a millionaire to this day if I accepted every racist custom I got. I mean, there were times where I was tempted. Like I was offered $10,000, $20,000, $5,000 for like a 10, 15 minute video. And as a 18, 19, 20-year-old, hell, even as a 28-year-old now, I mean, you want to pay me that much money for a 10-minute video and I just have to pretend I'll get blackout drunk and do it, but then that's going to be on the internet for life. Like, I'm not going to be your slave and call you massa and, like, no, like, that's just too, and then be here protesting, like, well, Black Lives Matter. Okay, but you just did a video of you being a white man's slave. Like, how does that make any logical sense? Like, I just would never do it. And I feel like there's just certain things, especially when you're working for yourself and not mainstream, because sometimes you don't know what you're going to do when you go into a set. But when you're doing this yourself and you know, firsthand what you're going to do and you accept it. I personally just think certain things should not be done if you also feel like in your personal life you wouldn't say. If you would never say the N-word in real life, then you should never say the N-word in a video, regardless of how much someone is paying you. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know 
who you take care of. I don't know anything about that. But I do know if you're comfortable saying it in a video, then you'll be comfortable saying it around me. You may be cautious because there's definitely a lot of white people that I know that say it. And I'm kind of a little fucked up, but I'll kind of like test the waters and see just how far they'll go with me, like how comfortable they are. And I know they say it, but they're thinking because they have this black girl in the room that they have to be on their toes, which you shouldn't have to be. I'm, an, I'm another fucking person. Yeah. Like just because I'm black doesn't mean you have to be careful of what you say. Like, or when you're like, my, my guy, my brother, like there's like co- negative connotation beneath you trying to relate like I'm from the valley of LA I before I moved up to the Bay Area I talked so valley I still kind of do it still comes out from time to time but like I'm just another normal person (laughs) like I can't help it like I get you are your surroundings but you have to be you have to just understand that what you do in this industry will follow you for life and a fantasy is indeed a fantasy, but to some certain degree, you have to take accountability for yourself and your actions and be responsible because what we do for a living, we're some of the most responsible people in the world. I mean, we have to. And I just think that it's a cop out for someone to say, oh, it's just a fantasy or I was just getting paid to do it or, okay, well, shit, I was dirt poor when I first started in this industry I would love to take the white man's money especially the white man's money I feel like you the white people owe me money but I'm not going to sit there and do something out of my comfort zone and say well it was just a fantasy and I got paid for it like no I I just it's tricky it's definitely tricky because it's not that I'm judging anyone it just makes me cautious yeah, that's the best way of putting it. And that, that, that is a good way of putting it. And there's other, like, and not to get off topic at all, but there's other things that occur in porn in the realm of, or under the umbrella of fantasy that is also questionable. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you've got rape fantasy, you've got, there's like Nazi and, and Jewish, you know, camp fantasy. It gets pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes beyond my personal comfort of what I like to watch and enjoy, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's like, it's weird, and you have, like, the teen fantasy, which, I'm not gonna lie, I definitely have tried to utilize that for as long as I could, but then it also gets kind of weird thinking about that if I put 18 in this video, it'll get more sales, and even though it's, like, 18, I think about my younger siblings, and I'm like, I mean, they're kind of almost there they're not too far and I wouldn't want someone to be sexualizing them in that way but porn grabs towards that which also makes me feel like it's a little bit of like encouraging pedophilia but then that's like a whole nother type of fantasy that no one really wants to publicly admit to but that is I want to say like half of porn I mean maybe not 50 but like it's a deep yeah. Portion of it. Bestiality is another thing. Like, I would never think about allowing my dogs to, like, eat me out. Like, that's just really weird. Like, but there's some people that are really into that. And there's always a fan base for any fetish 
Like you would think, oh no, no one would watch that. No, there's there's a fan base for any fetish out there. And some of them just not for me. <laughs> it gets it gets murky because in like and I, I try to like play devil's advocate in that way because like when I was first starting out, I was twenty and I remember vivid like really recollect thinking like, man, I wish I could get away with the 18 tag, but I don't look 18. But like now as an adult, well, more of an adult, in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, God, like that makes, that disgusts me. Like that, I remember being 18 and knowing what I know now, looking back, I'm like you're like a 12 year old at 18. Like you're, you got no clue. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you able to do porn at 18, but it's, it's strange what we can get away with under the title of fantasy. Because it mm-hmm. leaves, it leaves um, no, no, I, I wouldn't say no judgment, but it leaves no, no boundaries, really. And it, it gets pretty, it gets pretty murky. Um, I do want to talk to you about your view on how platforms in porn, um, platforms where like ourselves, the performers have control, like the OnlyFans, like the FanCentral, like the Manny Vids, like all of those are kind of responding to the Black Lives Matter movement? Because this is something I know you had attempted to reach out to me about, but didn't send the text message or I don't get it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember I wrote, and I mean, in a way too, I'm kind of glad because it was coming pure out of like emotion and not like rational thinking. And even with like being like, not like the spokesperson, but like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me to make sure that I'm representing this topic well. And I mean, a part of me was like, I don't feel like I'm qualified to really talk about this. There's so many more I'm successful. I'm qualified to talk to you. There's just so many more like successful black women that are much deeper into it. Like I've never really been a super like political person, uh, even though I wanted to be a lawyer at one point, but <laughs> I just, I try to stay out of it because it can get ugly really quickly. Um, But with some of the platforms, I mean, with one of the major ones that we know that is affiliated with MFC, they don't ever acknowledge sex work. It's like ever. I mean, that's kind of like a thing, like if you go on that platform, you know what type of response you're going to get. I mean, they're always under fire for something new going on. I mean, to whoever listening, I don't know when this is going to come out, but right now, you know, we have a huge celebrity that kind of put a little wrench into how the platform is running right now. So with that company, I never really expected in Bella Thorne. I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can drop names, then yes. <laughs> um, the only great thing about OnlyFans, I would say, is, I mean, the percent rate, obviously, the payout is pretty high. And two, there isn't necessarily, like, a home page where it makes people then organize people by what would be a pleasing to the audience when you first look at, look at it. So it's kind of like you're blinded. I mean, it's like, if you subscribe to my OnlyFans, it's because you know what I look like you know, what type of things I might do, and you're interested in me. So yeah, you subscribe. Right. Driven by you, so they know. Exactly, right. 
versus being put, I mean, of course, it's still the same because you have Twitter and everything, but it's just a little bit different versus with like my free cams, the, the first page, you're kind of scrolling through and all you see are a bunch of white girls, mm -hmm. white, skinny, blonde, blue eyes, like the society deemed beautiful type girls. And you know, if you're a customer that's looking for maybe something that has a little bit more melanin, you might not think that site is for you because you don't see that being portrayed. You don't see that diversity. You don't see that inclusivity. Um, and then it makes me as a performer want to straighten my hair or um, wear lighter foundation so I can try to look lighter or make sure my body doesn't change a certain way so that way I can try to have like that super slim body shape and I feel like there were a lot of platforms that I'm personally on that just did not stand up during that time it was like you, we have to yell at them and call them out for them to want to then speak up and say something I shouldn't feel like I have to call you out on mass media for you then to acknowledge the black creators that are on your platforms. Because we may not be shown, but there's a lot of black creators that, that are successful um, and that do make it. And without them, this company wouldn't make it or these companies wouldn't make it, I should say. And I hate so much when a company does not stand up for my rights but then want to use me for like a promotional matter to make themselves look like they're inclusive. And a part of me is always like, well, any type of publicity is good publicity. As long as my name gets out there, you know, it'll work. But I've gotten to a point where I'm no longer willing to submit and help a company pretend that they are inclusive when they're not. And it's not even just about being inclusive or showing diversity and the heat of the moment, it's about continuing that after the fact. Like with Minivids, I use Minivids. I'm active on Minivids. Um, I recently brought, won a crown from Minivids for a contest. But they still don't care about my life. They don't care about the Black creators on there. And I constantly tell them. And I know I only won that crown because it happened to be in the middle of the BLM protests. And I feel like if that contest happened now, I would still make it to the second round because the first round is like paid rules. But I don't think I would have got that round. And to me, every day I look at it and a part of me feels accomplished and I feel like, wow, I did it. I got my roses. I've been in this industry for so long and I'm finally being recognized for something. And then the realism in me is saying, you didn't win that. They gave that to you out of pity, out of a publicity stunt, out of making them fix their faults for not speaking up when they should have. And it, it toys with me because it seems like, I don't want to say every company, but I don't see companies actively showing diversity. And it makes me cautious to want to go on platforms when I know there's money there because I know I'm not going to be promoted the same or I'm not going to be treated the same. 
Um, and if you're, the fans notice that. The fans notice what companies push out. So if they're pushing out a certain image, the fans are going to gear towards that. And I've hustled my whole life to try to be somewhat of an equal. And it'll never happen if the companies, right? Then, if the companies don't, um, don't show that I matter. Yeah. And it sucks. Like, and when I was going to send you that text, I remember I wrote it out. I went on, I went on uh, Fan Central's Instagram. I went on the Twitter. I went on the homepage. I spent like five hours scrolling through. I did like statistics. I wrote down how many posts there was, how many like black creators were posted. I had the percentage. Like I had so much. And there were some words in there too that were not professional or the nicest. And I also, at the time, I thought that like you were an ambassador for the company. I was like, well, I don't want her to think that I'm saying that she's doing this. But I, when I think of Fan Central, I think of you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, man, like, I don't want her to think. But then again, I'm like, well, if she's my friend, then she should have no problems. And then there was, like, one post that was on your Instagram and that was on Fan Central's Twitter, I think. And it was the exact post. It was, like, identical. And that's when I was like, oh, hell no. So now they want, they want the Kenya to be original. And I was like, okay. And I remember I just went on a full rant and then I thought I sent it because I was rereading it. I wanted to make sure like it wasn't too dramatic. And then a couple weeks went by and I realized, mm, damn, I haven't heard from her. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, maybe she's processing. And then I think it was like a whole month and a half. And I was like, okay, let me reach out. And then I was like, what the fuck? I never sent the text. And I, iPhone, sometimes if you don't send it after a while, like it'll just erase from your little box. And I was like, well, shit, now I don't remember what I, like my emotions at the moment. I was like, I've had time to digest and kind of like heal from it. And I was like, shit, well, I don't, oh, well, I don't remember at this point anymore. And obviously it's been so much time that, you know, the statistics are no longer the same and numbers no longer matter. So yeah, that was like another thing that just kind of, it made me like a little because I really thought Fan Central might have been the platform because I saw that they were promoting, you know, like a lot of I don't I don't want to misjudge and say like because I I've read that there's a difference between Hispanics and like Latinos and Latinas. So I'm gonna just say all three because I don't really know who is who. Um, and then like some Asians on there and then obviously you have like your your white girls and it was kind of like, well, damn, like I thought that they were trying to work on bringing in some more color, like, <clears throat> like we are here, we work, we are money hungry, like we have hustled through so much, like we're trying to get to be successful as well. And it was just a little disheartening that they didn't mention anything. And then, you know, obviously they put up the black square, but I, the black square is a whole different thing. I feel like it was more of a bad thing than a good thing because <clears throat> it was just kind of a way to like block things that were that needed to be seen or shown. But it just made me feel like no matter what new company or, or platform comes out, and I'm never going to be good enough. And 
I already deal with that in my personal life and being in society. And then I go to be someone almost kind of different than who I am online. And I'm still being told that I'm not good enough, except this time I'm selling my body and I'm not making nearly as much as I know I should be compared to my colleagues. And we're on the same platform and we do the same exact thing. And then I have the same platform wanting to put my face on something or put me in like a little clip or something just to, to show that diversity. Like I understand how marketing ploys work. Like you do a promo video, let's have at least one black girl or black male and then we can have all white and we'll be okay. Like we won't get kind of like in trouble for it. And like, I, I know how that works and that's how I've just been feeling and I don't think it's right. And it makes a lot of people that not want to join something because if there's not anyone that looks like them on there, they're not going to want to join. I mean, at least for myself, if I just see a bunch of white girls, I'm like, oh, that's not for me. I'm not going to be accepted. I'm not going to be successful there. I might as not even waste my time to try. And I think those platforms go back to society, though, and the porn industry as a whole, where they kind of have to navigate with what's going on in the mass and as being successful, which I understand comes on the business. But if one company would start trying to make that shift and that change, then I think others would kind of fall in line and slowly try to adapt too. But it's not like, oh, here's one black girl or one black guy. It's like you have to really go in. Like if you're going to do it, you have to do it all in. You have to put the same promotional money behind that white girl that you would with that black girl. Um, I mean – even at Exotica, when they had Tiana Trump there, I was like, oh, Tiana, like, okay, like, they got a black girl, but then I'm like, but it's also, I don't see her on the platforms, I don't see her on the homepage, and I know that some girls are just kind of, like, ambassadors, I think, where they're kind of just, like, I, I don't really know, but I just know even then going on the homepage, I would see maybe one, one black girl. And that's me like scrolling down a little bit. And I'm like, oh, wow, there she is. And then I would scroll a little bit more, scroll a little bit more, scroll a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh, finally, here we are. And it's just hard. Like, I try not to get emotional about it. Um, but it makes, it just... It's difficult because you can talk all day, you can talk all night, you can talk all year, you can talk all month. But if no one is willing to stand up and make that change, it will never happen. I take it back to racism. If my ancestors never decided to do even the smallest things that they did, I think about what my life would be like to this day. And it wasn't that long ago. Like Ruby Bridges is like 60 something years old. She's 40 years, 40, 30 something years older than I am. That's not that huge of a gap. Like if I was born just a few decades before the one I was, I would have experienced that. And to me, people think racism was so long ago and it was so beyond our time. And two people, was two generations ago. Right. Like it's not that long ago. It's, it's, it's there. Like, 
Like, my grandparents went through racism. Like, that's not that far ago. But I think what needs to happen is a company, any company, needs to take a stand and need to back up to what they say that they believe in. And until that happens, I don't think that it'll ever change. And I think it will, I mean, though there's always going to be black creators that are going to want to join porn, that's going to want to join and do like webcamming or content creation because, I mean, they enjoy it and there's there's money in the sex industry. But I, I, I just hate that you don't see more black people being splattered everywhere. I mean, I think I remember I told you at Exotic House, yeah, I heard about Ben Central and, you know, I thought about joining in and then I kind of did my research and it just looked like a bunch of white girls on there and it made me a little bit more cautious of wanting to, to sign up because here's this little dark girl coming in talking about, hey guys, join my premium. And then you have all these blonde hair, blue eyed, skinny, mini, flat tummies, cute little perky boobs. And they're like, hi guys, join my premium. And they're like, oh, I'm going to go this way. Like, so I just, this conversation, yeah. one of the first things you said to me was like, well, I just don't see a lot of women of color on the platform. And I was like, no, I agree with you completely. And I want to be part of helping to shift that because when we met at Exotica, that was October last year. So I would have, I just became an ambassador for the company in, I think June, June, July, August, September, October, which is like five months before we met, um, is when I had that conversation with you. And I agree with all the points you made, and you made great points, and I really do wish you would have sent that text because I would have replied to you. Um, but me being an ambassador for the company, yeah, that's absolutely true. That's factual information but the way I try my best to carry myself as a mouthpiece for them is to represent the model so like I work internally for the company where I'm supposed to give them model feedback so that they can improve their platform so like I take that to heart because I know that if the platform starts making adjustments that my colleagues want to see that's better for the community as a whole because then we have happier models happier models mean more money for the company blah blah it's this you know cycle so when we had that conversation I mean that's something I brought back to the country the company but as, as far as it pertains to like the homepage and seeing all the white girls all over the homepage which is absolutely true again like I know I think my Cams is the same way uh, OnlyFans doesn't have a homepage for those of you who don't know, but MyFreeCams, Fincentro, it adjusts the girls on the homepage based on sales, which is the whole fucking problem because then the girls earning the most money are the stereotypical average white girl. And then you have the homepage filled with these girls, which feeds them the cycle of them getting the traffic and it just keeps going. So I think that I, I'm hoping, I mean, I haven't had this conversation with Fincentro, but I feel like platforms could work towards an algorithm where maybe it's not the top in sales, but it's the top in sales for their niches. And then that gets mixed together for a homepage, which is inclusive of, you know, maybe top selling game, top, top selling buy, top selling trans, top selling person of color, top selling Asian, top selling all of these things, because then we have a homepage where people actually get the variety that they could be coming for. Or maybe they see a girl they wouldn't typically be attracted to, but now has a chance at that sale. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if we're... 
has that where they have like mini bit girls, mini bit boys, mini bit ebony, mini bit Asian, mini bit trans. So like they they kind of have that that section too where if you're like looking for a certain thing and you're like oh okay like oh here we go top twenty or I think it's like top hundred or something. Um, that is that is a good idea, but then again it kind of goes back then to where like now you're being categorized to have to be in your own subcategory and I get how a homepage works like yeah you the more money you make then obviously you're going to be on top and yeah a model or a member can like adjust their settings but like let's be real you go on a website you're not going to do that so there's more to like there's just like the promotional aspect on it like the banners like you can make it or like even just like the social media um like the instagrams and the twitters like or your campaign videos you can make it where it you are showing the diversity and the inclusivity of it without having to necessarily be top and center and when i look at a page i do look at the home page but me being in the industry i know how it works where I'm like, okay, these girls are making the most money. I'm like, okay, well, how can we help promote and support women of color in there as well? Like, so that way they can kind of get up. Because no one, you can't make money if no one knows you, no one finds you. No one knows you there, yeah. It's a, and again, too, it comes down also to society, how it reflects in porn, and it's that cycle. And it's a matter of, I think, breaking that cycle and, actively taking steps to break that cycle or to at least level the playing field because it's not and I think if you really think it is or that porn doesn't reflect society and what's happening in that way you're just you're just wrong like you're on the wrong side of history and you're not looking through things from a real perspective you may be seeing it from a lens because you haven't experienced something so Mm -hmm. I think I think that's a problem that we need to work towards and I I hope that I can help somehow to to make that platform the platform I'm on better and I'm on most of these platforms as well but obviously I have a bias um but I think too at the end of the day if we aren't talking about it we're gonna get nowhere either like we can't Mm -hmm. just sit back and say that it's not happening we can't sit back and say that there's no work to be done I think that's ignorance and denial bar none and we're not gonna achieve anything doing that. So like, although it might be hard or although we might not feel like we have the right language or we might not know we're speaking appropriately, at least we're getting there, at least we're starting the conversation. And I think that's kind of where where things gotta go. I mean, if when it comes to the platforms, because we're, I think we're almost on all the same ones, yeah. um, what changes, if you can think of any, but I don't wanna put you on the spot, but if there was a change that you'd like to see implemented like right now that comes out and is top of mind, what would that kind of be? What would that look like? Um, I would say like just the promotional aspect of it. Um, like just trying to show more color throughout all social media platforms, throughout the page itself. I think if more people saw more color kind of thrown being in their face, because that's exactly what 
are like, we, we're businesses at the end of the day. People don't want to respect that or think that, but then they were a business. And the reason why businesses are successful is because it's constantly in your mind. It's constantly mm-hmm. being thrown at you. Fast food places, they use bright colors because it's something that you're going to remember. It makes you happy and they constantly throw it in your face where when someone asks, where do you want to eat? That is going to subconsciously pop in your mind because you always see it. If more women of color were being treated that way as their white colleagues are and being just kind of thrown in your face where that's what you see, it becomes more of a normality versus like, oh, there's a little cute black girl on there or a cute Hispanic girl on there. Um, Let me check her out. Like I might be feeling a little adventurous. It would be more normal where you're scroll- scrolling through and you're like, oh, wow, okay, she's pretty. She's, you're, you're not looking at so much the color of the girl or the guy. Um, you're just looking at the person and whatever gets you excited. Mm-hmm. I think that's what needs to happen for it to try to become some sort of normal. Because right now we are looked in a way as a fetish where it's almost like, I mean, I've, I've dated so many white men where they would be um, excited and be like, yeah, I never dated a black girl before. And I'm like, I'm the same as your ex-girlfriend. The only difference is my hair is a little bit different and I wear a bonnet at night. Like, there's going to be a few differences, but, like, I don't know why that's a huge thing. Like, I mean, even – like, I get it all the time. Like, guys are like, wow, you know, I've never been with a black girl before. I can only imagine getting all that chocolate on my body. And, like, me being an actress, I'm like, oh, you want this chocolate, daddy? But really, I'm like, do you say that to a white girl? Like, oh, I want all this vanilla on, on my body? No, you wouldn't. You would just say, oh, I want your body on. Like, yeah. the fact that you're trying, you have to put my race or my color into your fantasy your fantasy just shows how much of a fetish that you look at me as something that you can go back and tell your friends like oh yeah I fucked a black girl before it was so it was so adventurous dude like was it though because you weren't really hanging like are you did my wig come off during the process like I mean is it just the fact of like your appearance like you know it could go back to like their ancestors where they, like I, I had a roommate who told me that his grandparents were slave masters. And I was like, oh, that makes sense now that I know that because you kind of come off like that a little bit. So I'm like, oh, that makes sense why you are the way you are and why you get excited off of wanting to be around black people because you feel like, oh my God, I, I would get in so much trouble if like my family knew type of thing. like. I'm a regular human being at the end of the day. The only thing is that y'all pay to look like me and I wake up to look like this. Yeah. That was a little harsh, but like, I just, I mean, there's just like, it's not, not true. <laughs> right. Like I hate it because people literally spend so much money to want to have darker skin and, and want to have bigger lips and want to have big butts and it's like but I'm looked down upon and this is all not natural like I was born with big hits I I don't know what happened I used to be really really skinny and then I started to come up in age and all of a sudden these hips came out this butt got big and it was like damn okay 
but like people pay for it, but they don't want to acknowledge or they want my culture. They want like our hairstyles. They, they love our music. And I mean, music is for everyone, but if you're listening to it and you love this artist, love the person that's producing it. Mm -hmm. If it's a black person, protect them. If it's, a black artist, if it's a black musician, if it's a black sex worker, if it's a black politician, a black doctor, like support them when you see every day that their lives are not being treated the same. No one is saying that all lives don't matter. What we're saying is that all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Because it doesn't make any sense. If all lives matter, then black people myself we wouldn't be screaming my life matters i wouldn't be afraid to have my nieces or nephews or if i got a significant other life be in jeopardy or my own life i've had so many encounters of random people because i cut you off that wants to call me a, a racial explicit name and tell me I need to go back to where I come from because I cut you off. Like that comes from like deep rooted problems, but yet you'll be the same person that wants to rap to Jay-Z or like J. Cole or Meg Stallion, but you don't want to respect the person that's producing the art that you enjoy and love so much or the hairstyles or the body futures that you want to get enhanced like, it just doesn't make any sense to me and that's when i know that we're just kind of like barbie dolls to people they take everything from us they want to strip us till we're naked make it their own claim it their own but don't want to respect where it came from and it's always been like that unfortunately and I truly feel in my gut and my heart and my soul that racism will always be here because racism is taught. And until it stopped being taught, it will never end. And unfortunately, there will always be someone that still believes that we should have separate bathrooms, that I should not be able to get a higher education, that I should not be able to own property because owning property and having degrees makes you a better person, which then makes you almost better than them. And they don't want me or my future children or nieces and nephews to ever be in a position to be looked better than them. And it's sad, but unfortunately, we can protest all we want, but I truly don't believe racism will ever end, ever. Because it's tough. Well, that's a that's not what I was hoping to come from this conversation. <laughs> I'm really sad now. <laughs> it sucks. And it's the ugliness. But I mean, I think it's the truth. Like, if I lived my life thinking, oh, one day we'll be free. That's what my ancestors thought. And here we are two decades, two and a half decades later, later. Yeah, I'm able to sit there and have lunch with you in public. Yeah, a white man, I, I could look at a white man and not get, like, hung. But there are literal men recently who have been hung from trees. No black person, I don't care how depressed, how suicidal, how unhappy you will be, will ever hang themselves in public 
from a tree. And that's just a cover-up. There's so many videos that I'm glad that we live in a day and age where internet is almost bigger than the news because so much shit would be covered up and would be story would be spun around. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Black women coming up missing from their cars, running, phone, like, certain things just don't add up. It doesn't make any sense. And as much as I would love to say, yeah, one day, you know, it, it will end, it won't end. We'll just learn how to migrate and get along a little bit better than two, but we'll, we'll never be looked at as equal people because it goes back to it again, like racism is taught from birth. You see on TikTok, these parents doing videos of their kids with a black doll and a white doll. And they'll ask them like, what do you see? And they're not mentioning anything about color. Well, that's because those parents aren't teaching their children that this is what's beautiful, this is what's bad, this like, but there's parents out there that I mean, my younger sisters have told me that are in elementary and middle school, and they're like, oh, yeah, this little boy called me uh, N-word. And I'm like, did you say something? And they're like, yeah, I said something, but they didn't really do anything, so I came home and I told mom. And it makes me upset. Like, my nieces have told me, yeah, you know, I, I asked them questions, especially during the BML. I was like, how do you guys feel, like, you know? They're like, yeah, we've been called the N-word a lot of times, but, you know. And they're young. They're not even 16. And they're already numb to it because they understand. Like, that's just that's just the world that we live in, and that's how we're viewed. And as a Black person, you just learn how to navigate through this world. You try to do things where you're not suspicious, like, if I go into a store, I'm making an effort to buy something just so it doesn't look like I stole anything. Because if I walked in and then I walk out, oh, that's suspicious. Or like, it's just little things that you may not have to think about doing. Or, I mean, I wish I had something more positive to say, but I just don't, I just, I just don't see it. I would love to be proved wrong. I would love to be an old lady and be like, oh, well, in my day, I, I thought it was never going to end, but I'm so glad, you know, it did. But I can only go off of history and the present to determine what I think the future might be. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, yeah, I agree. I, I hope, I hope we're all wrong, but the likelihood is that we can hope for progress, but not perfection, I think is not in the right term, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I think, yeah, you know, we're not being, we're not having slaves and we're not separate bathrooms and we're not there, but we still have mass incarceration of black men. We still have systemic racism. And then that reflects with society, which reflects with porn and every other facet of our daily lives. So uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think the best we can hope for is progress and to look back and be like, well, this is better. We're getting better, but I mean, a lot of those changes are going to be hard to do under certain governments, under certain uh, media coverage, under certain everything. Because what we see on media also is 
people we assume that that's the reality even even on social media like the how you're saying like the pretty instagram posts and stuff like i would i would subscribe to the same thought process of you as like I don't consider myself like the Instagram mom. I would say I'm more vanilla. I really would, okay? Because there's some girls I follow that are like these Russian supermodels. Girl, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I follow Instagram, and I'm like, there that bitch go. <laughs> like, <laughs> soon. I don't look at your feeds. If I don't let, like tap and like your feeds, it's because I can't look at Instagram. It makes me so so insecure. Um, and that's me, someone who has an easier in society. That's not as a black man or woman in society. So, yeah, well, as a woman, yeah. But and then you mentioned too, which I want to touch on a little bit, is the fact that like how you said you had to walk into a store and you feel like you have to buy something just because you don't want to come off suspicious. I was having a conversation kind of back in the Me Too movement when that was happening um, with my husband because there was a it was a meme or an article that had um, kind of like a diagram, like a half-half diagram. And one half was listing all the things I do on a daily basis as a woman to not become a victim of sexual assault or abuse. And it was like, I carry my car keys when I'm in a parking lot going to my car. I, I don't dress too provocatively, um, I, all of these things. And then the ma male side of it, it's like all the things I do to not be sexually assaulted and nothing. So it's like, I feel like almost to have a diagram like that to show the difference between the world you live in and the world I live in might help some people understand that there are two different Americas and we are functioning in completely different areas. And until you can one, accept that or go try to experience it to the best of your ability as you know, a white male or female in our country, you're not gonna get it. And I even, I have this problem with family members who we see very differently on things I'm like, when I'm with my black friends or my best friend who has black children, I'm like, it's a different experience than when I'm out with my husband or my white friends. It's a different experience. I'm like, or if I go out and I'm like talking to a black man, the way people are looking at us is completely different than if I was talking to a white guy. So for anyone to say that it's not real or that it doesn't exist, you, you can't say that anymore. Like we've brought it to your attention. It is here. It's a conversation we need to have and it's something we need to make changes so that the future, at least, the very least, we can look back and say there's been progress, at least. <laughs> at least, yes. If we can at least say there is progress, then I would say I think I did somewhat of my part as a black human being um it's it, it does like in public like if I go out to a restaurant I mean I have sat at a restaurant for 30 minutes before even being served brought water or anything and I will count and see how many people have came in after me that have been seated that have gotten their food um and I then I know okay this is about because I'm black and if I'm with white people it might be a little bit quicker service but my order would usually be wrong and theirs would be perfect and I'm like okay like it's it's obvious and people will say oh why do black people always bring the race card into things like you guys always wanted to be about race I would love for it not to be about race I would love to just go into a restaurant and have a meal with my friends and call it a day but when it's being put out there and I can see what is exactly going on then obviously of course I know what it's going to be about it's just like with tipping 
Um, there was, I wish I saved it. There was this girl on TikTok, this white girl who's a waiter. And she had said that her two colleagues were like, oh God, here they come. And she looked around, she said, who's they? And uh, her colleagues were like, those black people. And she was like, okay, like I don't understand. She's like, oh my God, they're your table. I feel so bad for you. You're not going to get a tip today. And so she's like, why would you say that they're not going to tip me? And then they said, because they never do. Like they, like just the like negative connotation behind it. So she goes up to the couple. She treats them like any other white couple, gives them great service, feeds them on time and everything. And at the end of the meal, the guy hands her a wad of cash. And she goes, oh, is this for your your bill? He goes, no, that's for you. That's your tip. And then I'm going to pay with this. And she said, moral of the story is if you just treat people the same fucking way, then maybe you would get tipped at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that all the time. I have no problems with tipping people. My whole fucking sex work career is based off of tips. It's commission. It's I don't get hourly. I can spend 12, 24 hours. I can spend a whole month and not make a damn dollar because it goes solely off of tips. I understand the value of a tip. But if you're not going to treat me like a human person and you're going to give me shitty service, I'm not going to fucking give you a dime. I will pay my meal and to the sit and that's it. But you're not going to get anything extra from me because as black people, you can, you can heal when someone's treating you different. You can see the, uh, the, the side eyes, you can see the side conversations. It's almost like we have a, like a, a seventh sense or something where only if you're black, you understand this type of like uh, vision and no one else understands that. And there's black people too that think black people do too much. I'm, that's, a, that's a whole nother situation because the black community, we are not perfect. We never claim to be perfect. If we came together, we would take over the fucking world. That, that's a whole nother, another topic. But if... I mean, if you just like treat someone, So there's no... <laughs> right. It's just that like, you just know. Or I've been to so many parties from being from L.A. and going to an art school where the cops would show up and my friends wouldn't get, like, asked for their ID or anything, but... I'm getting my ID, like, asked for, and it's like, I don't understand, like, why, or being questioned, uh, who do you know in this neighborhood, why, why are you in this area, and it's like, well, first of all, I know the person that's throwing this party, how do you know a celebrity, I go to an art school, all my friends are actors and actresses, are probably on one of your favorite fucking shows that you watch, like, just, like, I, I, I don't understand it, like, what's, what's the problem, and the white people, they wouldn't get it. It's like, you don't understand what is happening. I'm being racially profiled, and you're okay. Like, I make it make sense. And people want to try to pretend it's not there because they don't want to acknowledge the truth. If they acknowledge it, that means that they might have to come to some sort of um, realization within themselves that they might be a little bit racist. And that's okay. If you can have a conversation with me and you say, this is how I feel about the black community. And I feel like if you guys did this, this and this, and maybe this would be the way, and this is just how I feel, I would respect you more than you pretending that you're for black people, but then you degrade black people behind my back and then make me your token black friend. Like, oh, this is my best friend. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay. We're no longer friends. So now I no longer see you around black people. Like, 
do you really support and like black people standing with sex workers? I see no black women being retweeted or anything now since BLM has died down on social media. Like your actions just need to back up your words. I'm not a fetish. I mean, I am in porn, but anyone can be a fetish, but I'm a human. And if you treat me like a human, then you would see that people would react a lot differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently saw this white guy straight up cussing out a cop, calling him a bitch, telling him he would fuck his wife, like saying that he has a gun in his car, his wife, his children are in a car, and the cop's not doing a goddamn fucking thing. This guy no TikTok. I feel like I saw this video. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like a recent thing, yeah. And he's going in on this cop, and I'm just watching the cop even. Right, like he's aggressively out of his car, in and out, going in his car, looking around his car, feeling around his car, getting in this cop's face, like pointing his finger, and the cop is literally just like, I think he had a taser or a gun, but he wasn't using it at all. He was trying to talk to this person. Yeah. Let alone you can have a black guy who is complying because we love to see it on the internet. If you would just comply and listen to the cops and maybe you guys wouldn't get shot. This guy is complying and intertwined behind his back and another cop comes behind him and straight kicks him on the ground and chokes him out. But people don't want to talk about that white privilege isn't a thing, that racism isn't a lie. I don't know how many different ways it can be thrown at people just want to turn a blind eye because they know that it doesn't affect them and as you said earlier america is predominantly white i think it's like don't quote me but i remember i think it was like 33 percent of america is black it's like last i checked when i was arguing with someone on social media and i researched it was 13 percent of america was black 13 there we go see i was giving us more than what it was 13 when i was i said nah that can't be 13 percent of america like there's over a million people that live here like that doesn't make any sense like how is it 13 percent so i looked it up for myself there's literally 13 percent of black americans and y'all want to tell me that there's no such thing as racism when you guys are the predominant race? Like, it. That's a big one that I struggle with when I do get into these like social media beefs because people are like, "Well, look at the look at the numbers." Da, 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 da. I'm like, "You're reading the statistics wrong. If a certain percentage of Black people are dying when they're that small of our population, that is a fucking problem. Exactly, a problem. It's a huge or with weed being legalized here in California, and there's still so many black people that are incarcerated for it, but their white counterparts for the same exact crime are being released. Like, make that make sense. It's the government or even the world, because people are like, if you don't like it here, then you can always just leave. Okay, I, I've traveled. It's not just America. I mean, this is history. Like, do you know how the world was formed? Like. People are so dumb, or not even dumb, lazy. Like they they don't want to look into what they're trying to go against. But it's like we are such a small percentage, like thirteen percent. You think thirteen percent, and you would think that like 
it would be 13% would be like, oh, 13% of black people are gay out of 50%. Like, you know, you would think something else. You wouldn't think that a culture of, of people were that small. And you think about that's including doctors, that's including athletes, that's including uh, firefighters, like that's including every type of profession. And it still only comes down to 13%. Like, it still baffles me, and I still don't believe the numbers, because I see black people all the time. I'm like, there's black people here, there's black people there. Um, but when I travel to different countries, I still get that racism feel, except it's now it's worse, and I'm more cautious, because now they know I'm American, and we all know yeah. the priests don't like Americans. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. like, so it's not just in America, it's worldwide. I would love to and then people are like, you should go back to where your ancestors came from. Trust me, I would love to go visit Africa, but Africa isn't as great as people might think it is. Africa has its own problems that I would much rather sit and stay and deal with American bullshit. At least I know I'm more free here than I, I am in Africa. Like, I just hate when people try to tell me what I need to do when they think that that's the right thing to do when not everywhere is going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm not expecting to have a place where, oh, black people are living in cloud line. Like I wish Wakanda was a real thing. I really do because it seems like black people are really excelling and we're, we're showing and I mean, we're great people. Like there's, there's so many things that this world would not have if there weren't black people and people don't even understand or recognize that some of your daily activities, some of your daily household things came from black people and use them. And like, we're just not saying we're like superior because we're not, but we bring so much into sick society that is then stolen from us and then we're not recognized or given um the credit right that we deserve so i mean we could go i can go on and on about it and there's there's a lot to that i don't understand myself why it is the way that it is and there's a lot too where I'm just kind of numb and I just kind of turn a uh, blind eye and I try to ignore it because it's easier for me to walk on eggshells than it is for me to try to be a voice that I'm already a small creator in the land of sex work. Mm -hmm. So my voice only goes so far in selling nudes that talking about politics and racism, it's like a whole new avenue where I just sometimes feel like may not, may not go anywhere. But if you don't talk about it. That's a big thing. And like, and I, I don't know what the future holds for, for you, for me, for our industry, but I would love to see more people in our industry getting into politics, getting into activism, getting into organizations that will affect change because we've been stigmatized and looked down on as an industry for so long that it's almost like the puppeteers are pulling the strings to decide what's going to happen to us and it, until we can collectively 
get together and say, no, this law shouldn't pass. We should be protesting this. This is going to affect our livelihoods. We should, you know, take a stand for this as a group, as a community. We're just letting people decide our fates and we can't, we can't do that anymore as an industry uh, and as it's just as a community. So I think it's, I think, um, I think these conversations need to need to be had. And I'm so glad because you, you are, I know you don't think you're, someone that should be talking about this or like being the voice of this and either should I, I shouldn't have a podcast. It's a thing that I tried once and <laughs> that I should keep doing. So <laughs> I'm here doing it. But uh, I think that, I mean, you're so well-spoken. You, you would be a great advocate for this if you ever wanted to even pursue it in a larger portion. I think you, you'd be someone that could definitely affect change. This is a big one that I've seen which is, you know how we're having this movement, all these protests, all these riots, all these things going on, the world's kind of a shit show. But now we have the um, sport and athletic community taking a stand. But what was your opinion on that? Because I, when I'm looking on social media and I'm looking at all of these things, it's all the attitude I'm seeing is like, well, stay in your lane. But how are we supposed to do that when you're just exploiting our lanes and then, not mine, but you're exploiting their lane and then expecting them to still go out and do what you want like I I think that like us in sex work or you in sex work in the black community in sex work or the black community in sports or artists who make music or if we can't take a stand on issues that affect them on things they face every single day that's not getting out of your lane that's your life that's that I think it's important I think it needs to be done I wanted to get your opinion on it do you feel like that was appropriate? Do you feel like they overstepped? Just, I guess, your thoughts. Um, I am more excited when I see um, athletes of color stand up for themselves because I know what it's like to have, actually, no, I was going to say have a PR and like a publicist and an agent. I'm like, I'm nobody. Like, I don't have any of that shit. But I can imagine, right, what it's like to have that and to have to be cautious of what you say because you have an image. Like, you you make millions of dollars in, like, half a year. So, but when they say, fuck it, this is me, and they go against everyone that's telling them and threatening them, like, you can lose your career and they still do it, I have more respect for a person to do that than to allow to be controlled because and to me it feels like it just goes back to like slavery days when you have a master dictating what you can and can't do so I don't care I'm 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 thrilled I'm like fuck yes stand up for what you believe in um the way that they treated Colin Kaepernick years ago for taking a meal cost him his career but I don't think he gave a fuck because he did what he believed was right. And he stood up for himself. He stood up for his family and he stood up for me and millions of others. And at the end of the day, if black people stopped being entertainers, athletes, medical professions, and we just stopped doing everything, the economy would crash. And I don't think people understand how much the black dollar actually goes. A lot of people will sit there and buy Jordans before they'll pay their rent. Like, I mean, that's just like, 
that's just how like we are. I mean, I've done that before. Like I bought some expensive clothes and I'm like, so I, I respect it. I don't think that there's anything about staying in your lane. I mean, if anything, they are staying in their lane. They are black people at the end of the day, this affects them. The only reason why you care about them is because they are giving you an entertainment service and you're like dance monkey dance and they're dancing and you're like, hoorah, hoorah, let me throw peanuts. If they weren't doing that, you wouldn't care about a LeBron James. You wouldn't care about a Jay-Z. You wouldn't care about a J. Cole. Like, that's why they turned against Colin because they were like, oh, he's being too political. He's degrading the flag. I mean, we could talk about America want to talk about the flag. We can go home with them and talk about what's happening within the military and how women are coming up raped, abused, and dead. But nobody wants to talk about America then. Nobody wants to talk about the land of the free when your own people that are representing the country are coming up dead, murdered, raped, abused, and they don't have any answers or reasons. So people like to pick and choose what they want to talk about and not talk about. But once the truth starts getting a little too open and out there, then they want to backtrack and they want to get quiet and they want to be hush-hush about it. And that's wrong. I, uh, I wanted to talk about one more thing that you touched on before we wrap this up. You were saying that you'd have, you have so much more respect for people who can say that they've, you know, made mistakes or they've handled something wrong and who can do the work to educate themselves and make changes going forward. And I want to say like, cause this is something that I come into again with these like conversations where people, even when they're wrong, they just double down and want to stay wrong, even though they have factual information or resources available to them so that they can come out on a better side or make better decisions going forward of how they treat someone or how they behave in a situation. And it's like, I think everyone, everyone's always growing. Everyone's always learning. Unfortunately, the internet is forever. So some shit you say will be there forever, but you, you can't redeem yourself. I do believe you can grow and like overcome and be a better person. And I think everyone should always be trying to do that. And something like, for me, I grew up in a predominantly black and Hispanic area. So for me personally, when I'm around white people, I feel more out of place because that's just not how I grew up. But I used to stand by the statement where like, I don't see color because all my friends are black or Hispanic. So for me, it's, that's a person. But even that phrase now, I look back at differently. It's like, no, I, I do see color. That's a black person. That's a Latin person. That's, you know, a Mexican, whatever. But there's individual things that make them unique and special and great because of those things. And I shouldn't sit there and say like, I don't see it. I should acknowledge it for the greatness that it is and how much value it adds to any given, you know, interaction. So I think that what you touched on about saying like, you can make mistakes and you, you can grow and overcome and educate yourself. I think that's an important thing to say and the distinction to make because we have to work towards that. We, we have to be better. So like, you can't sit there and double down on being wrong just because you're, you, you don't want to say that you were wrong. Like you, you can come out on the other side of that and you can be better from where you started. And I think that needs to happen more. I see a lot of people who just don't want to openly say they were wrong or that they've made a mistake where I think it's so much more respectable if you can be like, oh, I fact checked this. This is incorrect. I want to make sure that I publicly say that, you know, I think that needs to happen more. That's a big one. I agree. And it's more too about just saying that, oh, I've grown from this, I've changed from that. It's also about like backing up with your your actions to show that as well. Because I mean, 
there's like a lot of things where that surface up and with like certain like YouTubers and it's like, okay, I understand that's how you might have been 10 years ago, but if recently you're still doing some of those actions, then I can't take your apology. I can't um, believe you because now it's just a publicity stunt to save your own career and it's not something that you truly mean or believe. Same with like the sex workers or just people in general. Like, you're gonna make mistakes. I mean, there's sometimes I say racist shit and I don't even realize it's racist and I don't mean it racist. Um, which is why I'm very guarded with who I let into my circle because, like, I'll say some, like, wild and stuff. And if you don't know me personally, you might think, like, wow, this girl is really fucking racist. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree or, or believe in what she says, but I, I deal with, I have, like, a, a lot of dark humor, so that's how I, like, cope with stuff. Mm-hmm. But if anyone ever called me out on something and I'd be like, yeah, I said that, but that's not who I am to this day now, and you can go through and you can see on my life on the internet how I might have changed or how I am different now. I can't judge someone off of the past because we all have a past. We've all done fucked up shit. We've all said fucked up things. We've all been young, dumb, and naive. But I can only hold that for so long until I'm seeing who you are today and if who you are this moment that I know you that I am seeing you that's who I'm going to judge you based off of I'm going to be cautious of your past but I'm not going to judge you if you're still doing the same shit then obviously it was your apologies or whatever you say doesn't mean anything and one thing I really want to stress is with I appreciate white sex workers trying to have a platform or use their platform to help uh, women of color get out there more and see more. But there's a way to go about it where it's not seeming like we're a charity case or that um, you're doing it to make yourself look like a better person. Because if I'm being honest, and this might backfire on me, but like I don't trust a lot of white sex workers. I just, every time I've gone to an experience, it just always has backfired on me. And um, I never felt safe or protected as I would if I would, if I looked like them. Um, So I feel like if they truly, if this is something that they truly believe in, it should be done effortlessly and all the time. Like, and I made it an effort to write down those that were actively speaking and were like, oh, I'll match donations, which is all great and dandy, like, of course. But I say this all the time, like, I am not a hashtag and I'm not just a seasonal trend. I'm not something to make you look better for your brand. I am a person um, at the end of the day, and I would like to be treated as such. And I never want someone to treat me differently or walk on eggshells because um, of how I look. And I get it, you're human. Humans are going to have a natural reaction. But I want it to come off of not race. Um, And usually it comes off of race before anything else. Um, And just be a kind person. Like if you're going to say you support women of color and you want to always sit there and try to insert your opinion to try to make yourself look good, we'll back that shit up with actions. Like, 
do it when no one's watching. That's what it matters the most. That's how I I believe. Um, there's this like motivational playlist I listen to, and he says when you're trying to do something better and successful, it matters most when no one's watching you. And when people are watching you, yes, it matters, but it matters least because now you're doing it to be a show. Mm-hmm. And that hit me because I'm like, that's true. Like anybody can anybody can get dressed up, do their makeup, do the hair, and if there's a camera in front of them, look good and pretend to be a camera. There's more to being a cam model than just being in front of a camera and entertaining. There's so much backhand shit that goes into it. That's when it matters the most. So if you're going to sit there and say, you support me, you stand with me, you're here with me, uh, you relate to me, you empathize with me, I need you to back that shit up and I need to see it because then it just makes me not respect any of these girls and it makes me even more guarded because I'm like, well, you say one thing, but your actions are showing other, and I shouldn't have to tell you, hey, you said that you believe in black lives, but your whole social media, your whole everything, it only shows you're promoting cis white women. So how, where's the connection there? Was it just during that time? If so, let me know. I'll respect it a lot more if I know where you stand. But um, to be fragile and to also understand and recognize that there is a pay gap between black performers um and to just really just look at us as human beings i think that would be something that i really would want people to just take away um treat us treat us how you would treat yourself and if that would happen i think there wouldn't be such a division and uh, sex work between the creators as well. Um, I think if we came together, because we have our own problems just by saying we're a sex worker. I mean, that in itself is an issue. I think if we all came together and got rid of the race, we could tackle on a lot more than two and make discrimination happen and make this more of a safer place and like try to help pass bills. like. But none of that can happen if we don't even respect and appreciate and help one another. So, yeah, we have a lot of work to do. A lot. And I mean, you know, it's anything's possible. Honestly, any anything is possible. I will never say it's not possible. Um, I can be a little bit of a negative Nancy and I like to think of the negative versus the positive happening, but it's, it's possible. And I hope there is progress um, within the sex work itself um, and within life and our society in general, um, one step at a time. Um, But it all goes back chain and effect. Mm -hmm. So society appreciates. I don't think anything else can really go into play, um, which kind of sucks because it makes it a little bit harder. But It just takes one person, really. It takes one person or one platform, I should say, one platform to stand up and really make a choice and be willing to risk it all. That's the thing. If this is something that you're passionate about and you stand behind, you have to be willing to risk your entire career for it because there's a possibility that can happen. So if a platform really believes that they are 
inclusive and diverse and that they care about people of color, then they also have to be willing for the worst to happen, which could be the backlash and them no longer being a popular or um, deemed to be on platform. But for me, I'd rather lose everything knowing that I stood up for something that I believed in than keep everything when at the end of the day, it really isn't mine to begin with um, type of thing. So, yeah. Great. I think that, uh, well, one, I think this is a great conversation. Even some of the stuff that you're saying now, it's like you're talking and I'm like, I do that. I could, I could improve there. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. I'm like taking notes. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. You, you're totally right. So I, I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate you because every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned something, not even about you or about race, but in general. So I'm, I'm really grateful that you're on. Um, before we wrap this up, is there anything you want to promote? Please promote the hell out of it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at XOSashere. And uh, Instagram is also exosashray. Um, I also have a new business coming out, which I'm not sure when this will launch, but it will be out this month. I'm really nervous about it. So if you like art and um, a lot of creative and nerdy type of products <laughs> then support your girl um it's fully ran by me solely by me which is a lot of work um and if you're listening to this podcast there is a promo code snh20 and you'll get 20 percent off your first purchase um special to you guys i'm actually having you out any promo code so there's that and um I don't know. I really suck at promoting myself. Oh, you can honestly, you can find me anywhere. Exo Sachere, mini vids. Um, I do have a fan central. I'm not really that active on it, but I do have it. I do check it. Um, mini vids, Twitter. Yeah, if you find me on Twitter. You can usually find me everywhere. What's the the business website for your new business? Um, it's called. Oh, see, I suck at promoting myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called a femme fatale artistry so um like it means a very strong independent sexual woman um which i feel like is in me in a nutshell and then i love to do art so really it's like a lot of a fluid custom art and then if you are a smoker i do have rolling trays that i make custom as well so a little bit of everything for someone. Um, and yeah, that will be up this month if you subscribe to the newsletter, femfatelartistry.com. Uh, you can find out all the updates and alerts on when it will drop. But it's so weird because I haven't, like, I haven't verbally spoken about it. So it just sounds weird. I'm like, this is my business. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> that here then. That made you put it in the universe. So now. Yes. <laughs> but thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. It wouldn't yeah. be uh, season three, honestly, if it wasn't for you. So I appreciate you very much. You're welcome, everyone. I'm just. <laughs>
I cannot thank Sasha Ray enough for coming on and speaking freely with me about something that is as personal and important as this topic. I thoroughly understand the way that I perceive things is through a privileged lens and having your perspective is paramount in these conversations. We all need to take steps towards being the change that we want to see in the world and no one is exempt from that. We all can be better and need to commit to learning how to support our black creators, loved ones, and friends. This has been season three, episode eight of the Seen and Not Heard podcast. Huge thank you this week to Sasha Ray for speaking publicly on her experiences with an adult. It's always scary to tell your own story. It takes courage to do so with a voice that is unwavering. Your voice matters and is making a difference. Want to be an individual sponsor of the podcast? All you have to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash Melrose and click support the podcast to donate whatever amount per month to help fund more episodes like today's. Next week on the Seen and Not Heard podcast, we sit down with Amberly Rothfield, a member of the sex work educational community, an established author, and top-selling sex phone operator. We talk about how she decided to write her own story and why being an author in the sex work space is so important.